This Autoconverse podcast is brought to you in part by Acorns, Grow Your Oak. Acorns helps you grow your money. In under five minutes, get investment accounts for you and your family, plus retirement, checking, ways to earn more money, and grow your knowledge. Take control with all-in-one investment, retirement, checking, and more. Just $1, $3, or $5 a month. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com acorns. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash acorns. From Acorns, Mighty Oaks do grow. But we wanted to tell the story of automotive retail in America. Um, I think that I think that dealerships have been under fire for forever, <laughs> and uh, and I think the clients, the customers out there, deserve better than what we've traditionally given. And I don't want to discount um, so much that's been done by a lot of really great dealership groups. I mean, there are a lot of really great dealerships out there. And I want to see that continue. I want to see that spread throughout the whole business. Because uh, yeah, the business of our business is people. We get paid to be really good at the people stuff. And I don't want to wake up in a world 20 years from today when my only option is uh, to make my decision online and wait five, six days while they drop off the car. That was Benjamin Dykstra from DealershipLife.org talking about his recent experience interviewing more than 60 people in over a dozen car dealerships across the country. Benjamin met with me on the Mobility Tech and Connectivity show a couple of weeks ago to talk about his recent career development and his family-slash-business road trip west and how the coronavirus pandemic created an opportunity for him to seize on an idea for his business and career. Not only that, but we are going to talk with one of the visionaries behind the 1920s Ford's Garage in St. Augustine, Florida, and we'll meet with the purveyor of Ask Auto, where consumers can connect and engage with local car dealers and not have to give up your personal contact information. How's that for full circle? From Autoburst Media, this is Autoconverse. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Autoconverse podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Great to be here with you, everyone. As you heard me saying just a moment ago, this episode features my conversation with Benjamin Dykstra from DealershipLife.org. Benjamin and I had met just a couple weeks prior to the conversation on a webinar that I was hosting for a client. A client was Vehicle Acquisition Network, or VAN for short, who you hear me talk about here once in a while on this podcast. Now, what VAN does is they help connect car dealers with individuals like you that are trying to sell your vehicle. And they invited Ben onto their best practices and training webinar for used car dealers. Ben, he impressed me, not just with his media presence and his persona, but his passion for the dealership business and the used car business specifically. So I invited Ben onto the show for an interview and well, it happened to work out. So I cleaned up a few things to further it along for you, but Look, Ben has a ton of passion. You'll hear that in his voice. He has a profound mission, 
and a good story to tell too. So enjoy the conversation. And then afterwards, stay tuned for the second half of the podcast, which will feature some clips from our Automotive Pros panel discussion that we do every week that Benjamin stayed on for as well, including that 1920 Ford's Garage restaurant I told you about. And we'll take a first look at the new Ask Auto Shopper quiz that helps match vehicles with shoppers with only five key questions. Here's the interview first with Ben. I was in a conversation uh, with, a, with a neighbor the other day who I, I hadn't known. I just met him, but he was asking what I do and we were talking, got, got all talking about cars and he started raving about Carvana, right? And he's like, oh, this is amazing. You can do this and that. And, I, and uh, my next question was, when did you get your last car? And I think it, he said it was like two or three years ago. Not too long ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but let me fix that. I said, did you buy it from Carvana? He said, no. I said, why not? And he started explaining why he had to get it in person from a local dealer. Like he, he, he was like, well, I needed this and I had this situation. He's like, he had all these nuances, right? And he needed like to work with somebody. And I said, well, I said, what you just explained is why Carvana's, you know, they're, they're getting market share, but they're not going to get, they're not going to like take over the world. Well, I think and, the worst thing to ever happen to Carvana was COVID. <laughs> yeah. Cause it made all the dealers have to rep. Cause within about two weeks, every dealership in the country figured out how to do business remotely and became very willing to drop cars off at people's houses and go show cars at people's houses. And so anybody who's interested in doing business that way, which is a, a a fair set. I mean, a small subset of the population, but a, a, a good number of people want to do business that way. And they can do that now. <laughs> yeah. The cars are right here in town. Yeah. There's no need to wait for anything. You can, you can decide at 9 a.m. and you can be an owner by 11. <laughs> I also think it's funny how so many dealers from the, from the, uh, from what you just said, when COVID kicked in, uh, when the pandemic kicked in, it's funny how many dealers came out and said, well, we've been doing this for years. That's We've true. had home delivery and pick up and drop off. We've always had it, but yep. now it's like, now it's like they gotta, they gotta really exercise it. Yeah. My first reaction, you know, when we were cleared to go back to work and do business remotely was to scramble and try to come up with a, the best recreation of the in-person experience, but online. So I was hacking together with OBS and with zoom and with a couple different cameras trying to figure out how can we recreate this? So I had this, I thought it was a really slick setup where we could, you know, get a customer on, on a video chat and we could talk with them and we could then, you know, switch to the other camera, walk them around the vehicle. We'd have it pulled up and ready. And then we could, you know, share screens where we went over figures and financial proposals and all that stuff and talk, basically recreate the experience of a car deal, but virtually. And we did a few presentations that way and it it went really well. But as soon as, as soon as that initial shock of the uh, stay at home order kind of wore off people were right back to the store and then there mm-hmm. was no demand for it anymore so and i want to talk about that when we get the group started because yeah. um you know one thing that was and this came up last week when i was talking with car gurus we did their sentiment study and and all through the pandemic you know i'm talking to dealers trying to get a pulse really right around april may demand just kicked right back in no the consumers didn't seem to miss a beat and demand just stayed nice and steady. You're going to hear it from Ed. He's, he's, you know, he had a pretty good year in 2020 service wise. He did all the right things. Um, and demand on both sales and service just remained 
it really remains steady. And I, you know, new car sales this year, it's going to end up just under 15 million. And, you know, aside from being in a pandemic, it's not too bad. I mean, <laughs> it's, and it's, and it's going to pick right back up, but Ben, I want to get back into your, your journey. You left from Kalamazoo in August. Where did, how far West did you go? We went all the way to the ocean. <laughs> okay. So, uh, LA or North Car- or uh, a little North? more Northern California. Uh, we made a dealership stop in a little town of Orland. Um, and, uh, at Hibden auto center out there, which is a great little store, super well run. Um, and then we kind of headed North from there. We went up to, uh, to Bellingham where my brother got married. So we got to do that whole thing and then sort of came back through the Badlands, South Dakota, Minnesota, um, and then ending up back in, back in Michigan. And it, it was beautiful. I was, I was struck by just how much space there is in our country. I mean, we get so, I think we just get used to what we have locally and it's amazing. You drive two or three hours in any one direction and you're, and you're just surrounded by, by beautiful things, beautiful spaces. And uh, it was really, it was really impactful to me to be able to have a bunch of conversations with people in stores all over the country within a pretty compressed period of time. And that's what I really wanted to do. So we did uh, probably 60 or 70 interviews at about 12, 13, 14, something like that stores across the country, just talking with salespeople and managers about um, their experience and their opinions on things and, and how, you know, the, the customer interaction and just everything, right. Everything that we love to, to chat about. And, uh, basically everything I suspected was true. It turned out to be true and learned a couple of, uh, interesting things. But, um, I think as an industry that the thing that stood out to me is that, um, the vast majority of us want to do it right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're, we're all kind of united against the stigma of, uh, to borrow a phrase from Frank Lopes, the, 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 the scumbag syndrome. <laughs> and we've just, we've spent, I mean, pretty much, pretty much our, our whole, I mean, for the last 50 years, it's been that way. We're trying to, uh, to fight back against that. And I guess I'm not sure uh, what's left of it anymore. I don't know. I, everywhere I look, I don't see scumbags. I, I can't find them. <laughs> so I think it's time we let the world know. <laughs> well, that could say a lot. I mean, about your worldview, because I would actually disagree. I find a lot of scumbag just uh, behavior in this industry. And I'm not talking about dealers. I'm talking about even on the, on the, on the industry side. Sure. You know, I see, I see people, uh, I mean, I do this every week. You know, I talk to, I mean, hundreds of people over the course of a few months, like you said, you go up for six weeks and how many people did you say you interviewed? Uh, yeah, 60? Like, yeah, 60 or 70, like official, like sit down yeah. minutes, you know? So, so I disagree with you there, but that's not the point. Uh, the point is you have a beautiful worldview. You did these interviews. Did you, were they like recorded and then you featured them somewhere or were they live? Like what's, what was the deal with the interviews? All together. So one of the promises I made to each store that I went to is that I would cut together a, uh, a two or three minute feature of their store, right? So drone shots and, and did all the interviews and I'm putting that all together almost as like a brand building highlight. Um, so I'm in the process of getting all that completed and getting that sent out to all the different stores. And, um, you know, we did, we did a, a commercial a while back at the dealership where I worked here in Kalamazoo, just telling, telling people who we were, right. Not focusing on deals or what was uh, hot or, you know, what, what, 
all the different things that we did for customers, but just saying, Hey, this is us. These are our faces. This is who we are. This is what we do in the community. And that resonated, I think with, with a lot of people here. So I thought that's, you know, we need to bring that sort of message everywhere, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, build that bridge of trust between dealerships and their community. So it's a big job and uh, I, I don't think I can tackle it alone, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> no videos a lot. Now, just so I'm clear, so we're all clear. Are you, taking the conversations that you recorded to make videos for the dealers that they can make consumer facing like uh, type of material. That'll be totally up to them how they want to use that content. But that's your, it's not, it's not for the industry side. It's for the, they'll be able to use it on the consumer side. Okay. So you, did you book like, like this was a tour, like you had all these booked before you went out or you kind of did it along the way. Stops we had booked. Um, you know, I, uh, I help run a Facebook group, Life at a Car Dealership. It's up to about 46,000 members. So I made a lot of connections through that group, especially during COVID. Everybody was on the group. The group kind of blew up during that mm-hmm. time period. So I made a lot of connections there. And um, But some of it was like, yeah, it's like, hey, you know, just call up a dealership and say, we're, we're going to be coming through your town like tomorrow. I would love to stop out and talk with you guys. And so it's probably about half and half. Okay. All right. So it's it's not like these were all existing. You get, you built new relationships doing this. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, it's pretty smart now. So you had your whole family with you. How many kids, how many children do you have? We had uh, three and one in, uh, in, in, in the, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and the oldest, how old? Uh, nine. Yeah. Okay. They were nine, six and four. And what were their thoughts on the road trip? Had they been on long road trips before? And they loved it. I mean, we're kind of a road trip and family. We obviously, I mean, we've never done anything that ambitious. Um, but they, I think the kids really appreciated the simplicity of everything. We were really worried about how to keep them occupied and would they get bored. And we had all of them kind of go through and pack, you know, one bin, one little box of of toy items that they could bring. And uh, nobody ever got bored, which was <laughs> amazing. And uh, there, there were no territory fights like what I was worried about. And, uh, you know, everywhere we went, it was a new place to set up camp. And, and so we were exploring to see what's here and, and what can we do. And we played outside, I mean, every day. And uh, we didn't have any fights about toys until we got home. <laughs> Walked into <laughs> our house and like, man, this house is twice as big as what I remember. You know, uh, That's awesome because you've been in a, camp, in a trailer. Camper, you know. And, uh, yeah, it definitely gave all us in the family, especially the kids, I think a new appreciation for the things that we have and also a realization about uh, how much we really need, which is not a lot. We don't need a lot. We really don't. I'm, uh, I'm, I've been uh, into Taoism since I was a teenager. Okay. And I, you know, I remember a, a time like in my like 1920, a $10 bill would last me most of the week. Yeah. You know, for food and probably cigarettes at the time. But you know, 10 bucks went a long way, you know, fast forward to being married with a couple of kids and a house and cars, you suddenly have all this stuff, you know, and it's, and we don't need all these things. It's amazing what, what minimal amount of stuff we can, we can live with. Yeah, I agree. And the the trip kind of sparked what we'd start sort of started this process of minimizing things before we left. And I think the trip just added fuel to that. So when we got back, it just sort of started going through everything and you know, it's just don't need this, don't need this, don't need this. I mean, we donated boxes and boxes of stuff and we threw a bunch of stuff out. And I mean, I went through every room of the house um, with the help of my gracious wife. 
<laughs> who helped me throw many things away and donate many things. And yeah, just kind of cut back on, you know, cleared out the clutter, so to speak. And it was, it was a very freeing experience. I would recommend anybody. I mean, it's hard for people to take that kind of time, obviously, but if you're, if you're in a position where you're considering, you know, taking a week or two weeks and going and doing something like that, I highly encourage you to do it. I think it paid dividends in, in, in our lives and in our family. And it gave us a cool story to tell. And that was, I think I see that. And I'd like to play the video on your homepage. Sure. Go for it. That's all right. It's about six minutes. It's a little bit long for an intro video, but you can play it if you want to. Yeah. I thought it was three or four. Maybe I'll play some of it. Um, But that you made as a result of your travels. I got the sense that you got some clarity along the way. And really, is that when the video was made after you got back? Um, Yeah, it was, it was finalized after I actually shot that footage um while we were on the trip i stopped in denver um with a at a friend uh the mile high marketing guy jared lark in there in denver and he did a fantastic job we shot the uh, footage in his basement uh he's got a really nice studio down there and uh so yeah we shot it kind of on the trip almost almost having the vision of the end <laughs> in sight and then he, and- he got in all the pictures and and things from the trip and I did notice you had some drone footage in there, which I, yeah. which I was impressed by. I was like, I bet he did that himself. That's I did, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got quite adept with the drone. That was one of the perks of the project. That's something I had to have. I, I've always wanted to get one. That was finally a good reason to do it. <laughs> well, let's play the video and we'll wrap up, folks. You're you're here with uh, me and Benjamin Dykstra from dealershiplife.org. He just got off of a, well, I said just got off last fall, a family road trip. That's what we're talking about. And then after that, we're going to bring Eric and Ed on and start our discussion. But before Benjamin, I just want to say it's great to have you up here and I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Pretty swell guy there, Ben, as you can tell. Now, the reason I wanted you to hear that is because right now in the commercial sector, companies such as Carvana and Vroom are aggressively advertising the idea that dealers are bad people and that buying a car from them is like torture. Well, this is not an accurate portrayal of the business today. And it's people such as Benjamin who are taking it upon themselves to counter that narrative. And we stand behind that. And not just on the public front, but internally within the dealership culture as well. And that's why we want people such as Benjamin on the show. So you can hear that. That's important. All right, so let's go on now to our second segment. Here we have highlights from our conversation with Ed Roberts. Ed is the Service and Parts Director at Bozard Ford Lincoln in St. Augustine, Florida. So if you're in St. Augustine, let him know uh, where you heard about him. Ed's been with the dealership about eight years. He's been in the business for, I think, about 30. And his dealership, they had a good year, considering. In 2020, they had a good year. And he rolled out his much-anticipated mobile service van program so he can send his vans out to fix uh, repair cars for you. And they opened a 1920 Ford's Garage restaurant at their new Lincoln facility in St. Augustine. Uh, it's, a, it's adjacent to the Ford facility. Now, I did a little research. I don't know Ford's Garage, but it's a Florida chain, if you will. And uh, they've set one up at their, at their store as a, as a destination, a place to go eat, just like you go to a Hard Rock. So let's hear what Ed has to say. Well, first I got to say I'm a little jealous of the trip that Ben took there. And uh, yeah. next time I have to tag along. And, and I don't have any pictures to show of Bozard, but I will say that is the most scenic 
Ford dealership that, uh, that I've certainly seen. Uh, ours is a little more elegant, um, but the scenic is, uh, is pretty cool itself. Um, so life is good down here in uh, 2020, um, certainly through its challenges out there. We, we, we pushed through a lot of things in 2020, completed our construction, opened a restaurant, opened a daycare, um, opened our Lincoln showroom, and us really gained a lot of traction in 2020 to prepare ourselves. And like everybody else, we looked and said, do we need to take a step back or do we go ahead? We knew at some point this is going to be over. Let's go ahead and push through it so that we're more prepared and let's clean up the elements that we need to clean up on. And, and we never never stepped back and laid anybody off. We found new jobs from a duel and we reconstructed our quick lane. There's tons of things that we did. And when, when COVID first hit, we increased parts inventory um, a substantial amount because we knew parts would, t- would, would get tight. Um, now looking back at it, we probably should have doubled our inventory um, because parts is certainly tight. Um, but it just, it made you look outside the box and, and that's what, we haven't done a good job of in the car business. We've kind of always lived in our little world and that's the way we've always done it. And that's the way we're going to continue to do it. And it uh, forced us to look outside the box or most of us look outside the box and, uh, and find new ways of doing things. And we've been successful at doing that at Bozart, but we enhanced that a little bit more in 2020 and uh, it, it really paid off for us. And now we got, uh, speaking of some electrification, we got the Mach-E coming out. It's going to arrive at the dealership at any day and then Bronco coming out in a couple months and a lot of good stuff happening. The Bronco is pretty exciting. I know there was a slight delay uh, in the rollout, but I think now that we're in February, are are they officially placing orders now? We're placing orders, and we're getting in Bronco Sports every day. And and we've had one spend the night, but every one of them has come in and left the same day that it came in. There wasn't a ton of pre-orders on the Bronco Sport, but as they show up, they sell. Um, But we have almost 700 orders on the two-door, four-door, full-size Bronco. You have a almost 700 orders on your store alone? Yes. It was number one in the nation on pre-orders for the full-size Bronco. Wow. That's what? search and optimization for you. Is that just pure luck? or That's SEO? Yes, yeah, SEO. So yeah, you guys have been pushing for that. Yeah, a lot of it's not local. We, we've, we've put together a plan to offer somebody a plane ticket or ship it to them if they do it because the price is going to be locked on so we know what our grosses are going to be for a little while. So. We're going to play with that, and and we we expect to convert at least fifty percent, um, and still, if we convert fifty percent, we'll be in the top two or three of pre-orders. Wow, who do you have any idea like what dealer might be in second place as far as pre-orders go, and how many? Miami, both of them was in Florida. Us uh, and the uh, I don't know which one it was in Miami, but it was in Miami that was second. Okay, uh, and we we all, we've got almost eight hundred. And then as people realized that it wasn't with their local dealer, it backed out. So we got just under 700. Um, and, but the closest one to us was just over 400. Okay. And how long have you been, uh, you said this is due to an SEO strategy, right? Can yes. you fill us in? Like what, who masterminded that at the dealership and that get, maybe give us the, uh, the synopsis on that. It's fascinating. Well, we have a guy that, uh, that doesn't work in the dealership. He's, uh, but that's what he, that's what he does. He's, he's a marketing guy um, with Google analytics and, and sometimes you, you pick the right things and they pay off and sometimes you don't. And it's just luck of the draw. Um, it, it depends on, I mean, you can, you can phrase that however you want to phrase it as, as far as whatever. And, and you try to figure out what people's going to type into Google and then you chase that. And uh, we just, we, we hit a lot of the right things for Bronco. Wow. And so you, dr- so people are, 
in researching, finding their way to your website and putting a pre-order in on your site? Absolutely. Is it just filling out a form or is there more to it? Uh, they had to put a $100 deposit down, but it was a re- refundable deposit. Um, and then we get the information and we reached out to them and try to lock it in. We couldn't lock them in until about three weeks ago is when we really could start reaching out. But we made contact with them and let them know that, hey, we're not your local dealer. Um, here's what we can do and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, with having a restaurant there and being the oldest city in the nation, we really could put together something that made it intriguing for people to come see us. Okay, so you said something key. I don't know if you caught this, Ben. You you got orders from people all over the country, not in your backyard. Okay, now that's making sense. Um, and the $100 deposit really, really filters out people that aren't serious, obviously. Um, yeah, the final deposit was really for Ford to say, how many do we have to build? How many? What's the demand out there? So it allowed them to, to determine what the demand was going to be. Yeah, that makes that makes sense now. So do you get to so for the people that did the pre-order through you, do you get to sell them the vehicle? We got to convert them to an order. And uh, so far, we've been converting almost 70 percent. But we know we're going to have some dropout rate. And uh, we feel like our goal is to is to uh, convert 50 percent of them. And what would keep what would make someone uh, drop out of your order and go and and get it from some, from another dealer, or is it, they just changed their mind on the Bronco. Um, there is someone's changing their mind, but uh, a car guy that uh, wants to store his vehicle wouldn't necessarily fly here and drive it back home. If he lives in Northern California or, or even if he lives further up the East coast, um, he wants to get that thing with, with lower mileage on it. Um, and we'll ship it to him in the right situations. Uh, we won't ship something all the way across country, but we'll ship something probably to, um, halfway across the country. Does the car have, does it have to go through you, the dealership and you ship it? Why can't Ford just ship it to them and give you, give you a point for selling it? There probably will be at some point. Those are courtesy deliveries, um, but it is not set up for courtesy delivery the first time around. Mm-hmm. But I won't, I don't want to just sell you a Bronco. I want to sell you all the accessories to go with it. I want to personalize it for you. Yeah. And you want to service it too. Well, I want to start, if you're local to me, yes, I want to service you. Yeah. And I love road trips, obviously. So if uh, if you want me to deliver one of those for you, I'll be happy to fly down and drive it out to one of your customers. There you go. Yeah, I'm Mike. down for that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ed, before we switch over to used cars, tell us about the restaurant. Uh, I think that's pretty novel. It's been a few months. Tell us, uh, maybe explain why and how that's been working out. The why is... Um, dealerships are losing its relevancy, whether we want to face that or not. And uh, everything is shifting and, and COVID really forwarded that to where we're okay with having a vehicle delivered to our driveway. And uh, we, we determined that when we was going to build a Lincoln showroom, because we had to build a Lincoln showroom to keep the uh, Lincoln franchise, that we needed some kind of draw to bring people there. And we looked at doing a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And anyway, long story short, we ended up settling on a, uh, or we end not settling. We end up finding what fit us best, and that's a Forge Garage restaurant. And maybe Eric's been the one down by him. Um, but uh, there's 15 of them across the country, and we built a 7,200 square foot restaurant in the corner of our Lincoln building. It still is the second smallest Forge Garage in the country, but it has been the number one performing Forge Garage in the country since it opened. Mm-hmm. Um, we got beat out two weeks. Uh, it opened September 24th, and we've been beat twice. But overall, in that time frame, 
we're the number one forage garage in the country. We're serving about 6,000 plates a week. Wow. I'll take that any day to drive that kind of traffic to our store. And, and it's, it's all for brand consideration. We're not going to attack you while you're there. It's in the corner of our dealership. It's got it all in parking. But if the next time you're in the market, if you'll consider us, we've won. If the next time, if, if you haven't serviced with me before, and the next time you need service and you, you come to me for service and walk over to the restaurant and grab dinner or whatever else, then we've won. So there's just so many elements that makes us relevant for a longer period of time. I like that. When you were talking, I was thinking like a hotel. Typically, you don't think of hotel food as, as great. But I think nowadays, a hotel is like, you know what? We got to have a top shelf restaurant or something that attracts people, whether they're staying here or not. So what you're saying is people coming in, they're not getting the vibe that they're they're being kind of, I don't know, cor- cor- was it cor- corralled into buying a car. They're not getting that feel. And that's not the goal at all. It's strictly a destination for branding. That's great. It is destination for branding. There is an element of it that we want you to always see right at the entrance of the restaurant. Right at the entrance of the restaurant, we have our delivery pad and it's in glass. And there's always a vehicle that has a sold tag sitting in there. Mm. As a name written on the sold tag, it's sold. If it doesn't have a name written on the sold tag, it's sitting there letting everybody know that, hey, this is what everybody's doing. So it, uh, it just sends those little subliminal messages. That was Ed Roberts, Service and Parts Director at Bozard Ford Lincoln in St. Augustine, Florida, who joins us every now and again as a dealer advisor. And now for the final segment of this week's program. If you go to our website, autoconverse.com, you'll see a new menu option at the end. It's labeled Ask Auto, O-T-T-O. Ask Auto is a new tool for auto shoppers to engage with local car dealers. And on the site, you can get a free vehicle market report that shows the relative value of your vehicle. And you can activate your free shopper shield that makes it possible to communicate with dealers via email or text, your preference. But here's the key. You don't have to give up your personal identity or your contact information. Think about that. That's huge. But before we go any further, let me first play this audio clip. It's from a video that we had made for AutoConverse in 2010. It's 11 years ago. Here we go. When you want to buy a new car these days, most likely you turn to the internet. First, you go to a search engine, you end up on a few websites, and you start filling out forms with your information. Next thing you know, you have dealers calling you, emailing you, and sending you text messages. It's time for the nonsense to stop. At AutoConverse, there's a better way to get what you need from local dealers and automotive businesses. First, you go into your local market on the site. You make a request by providing as much or as little information as you desire. AutoConverse then sends this request out to all the dealers in your area that participate on the site. If they want to talk with you, then they have to come to the site to do it. This way, you never have to give anyone your personal contact information unless you choose to do so. Finally, a tool for auto shoppers and vehicle owners to get to know their local auto retailers before doing business with them. Get started today. It's free and you'll be amazed at how easy it is to take control of the automotive experience. Now, as you could hear, the original idea for AutoConverse was to provide a way for auto shoppers to communicate with local car dealers in a way that didn't require revealing your identity or your contact information. 
We had the whole system built. It was ready for market. Problem is, this was 2010. It was just too much, too soon for everybody, for shoppers, for dealers. And so after literally about 18 months of working the concept, we abandoned it and we converted autoconverse.com into a blog about the future of mobility, which eventually became our tagline in 2015. Coincidentally, it was right around that time that we had abandoned this concept that I had actually met an entrepreneur by the name of Eric Brown. Eric was co-founder of a company called Datium, which cleverly and unassumingly got pixel tracking codes placed on thousands of automotive websites in the second decade of the 2000s. His company was able to amass such a significant type of behavioral information from dealership websites that over time, quickly, he and his partners were able to sell the company to IHS in 2015. I'm going to fast forward a few years. Eric Brown is now on another endeavor, and it's called Ask Auto, again, O-T-T-O, which literally is taking the torch of connecting shoppers and dealers on an equal playing field. Needless to say, I'm a fan. It just so happens that Ask Auto is exactly what Autoconverse needs right now, a shopper tool. We just need one. So please enjoy my conversation with Eric about Ask Auto as he explains the system and the company's new shopper quiz, which helps match you with a whole array of vehicles based on five key questions that you're going to learn about right now in the following conversation. Here we go. But let me bring up, sorry, let me bring up the Ask Auto page. What I'm going to do, folks, is I'm going to the Ask Auto page on AutoConverse. And here's the only reason why is this. If you're a consumer, if you're a shopper, then you want to go to AskAuto.com. But I want you to go to AutoConverse.com. You can put forward slash AskAuto, and that'll bring you to the same place. But if you're on there, you can go here. Um, And the benefit of doing that is anyone that activates their shopper shield with ask auto from our referral link then that helps our partnership that that we're you know that we're kind of unveiling a little bit today uh, but more importantly i want to go to ask auto eric i'm going to bring up your quizzes is that a good place to start eric should we look at the sure. quiz yeah okay sure. so uh, just a real quick overview of ask auto so from from an automotive standpoint what we're doing really is responding to the fact that the internet now is one massive database, speaking of Amazon on AWS, uh, and everything is connected through APIs. So the idea that, you know, we used to be websites hosted on private servers connected by links. And so now that all the, it's all data sitting in one place for the most part, uh, and we can pass data easily in milliseconds. The consumer, uh, you can access the consumer on Amazon.com. We have dealers who do that, for example, and they're going to promote this quiz on Amazon.com. And then the consumer can actually engage in inventory discovery and, and conversation with that uh, dealership uh, without ever leaving Amazon.com uh, or Facebook or wherever. The, the, the need to visit a local dealer website uh, and not to pick on local dealer websites, but you don't really need to do that anymore. You can access the content on any website from any device anywhere in the world. Again, I always joke, my Alexa speaks to my thermostat. It seems like I should be able to find your inventory when I'm shopping. (laughs) Uh, Everything is connected. So, but part of our mission, of course, is to get consumers to say, yes, you know, I want to connect uh, with a dealership. And so we're using the quiz uh, as sort of the tip of the spear to that process. And 
just a little background. We took through a partner of ours called Strategic Vision, uh, we took millions of uh, new vehicle experience surveys um, and, and that data was distilled to determine what are the five attributes of a consumer um, to determine that determine their satisfaction, likely to be satisfied with a particular vehicle. And it turns out there's really five things. The Pareto principle and was live and well in that data as it is everywhere else. Uh, and so there's about five attributes of a consumer. If you know them, then you know you you can predict what cars are most likely going to be satisfied with with a 90 plus percent confidence level so the quiz is geared around that so the first thing is that call to action it's actually free to dealerships they can put that call to action on their website on their facebook page on their car windows even we have a way of doing that where you could be you know that car sitting on the stand in the restaurant you could you could hold hold up your phone to that and fire up the quiz and tell it and at, and let you know whether that car is a perfect car for you or not, right? So anyway, go ahead, uh, Ryan. So we have five questions, and Ask Auto is uh, is a personality that you engage and he asks about the questions, and the dealer of course can sponsor the quiz, etc. And then I ask these five questions, you you answer that question, and it'll show all five here. Comes back and says, "Here's your answers." Um, uh, to the question. Here's the question number two, right? And the other thing that can happen here too, if dealers want to, they can sponsor dialogue within this process. So they can say, oh, I see you like car shopping. We've got a Visa card uh, available for a test drive uh, when you complete the quiz, right? That kind of sort of fun interactive things. Uh, and so then uh, they take the quiz and Ask Auto comes back and says, here's the top three vehicles. We actually score every car in the dealer's inventory for alignment with that consumer's lifestyle. Uh, and that comes back and says, hey, these are the best cars for you uh, and actually scores the car. Every car, ha uh, car has a score. Uh, and then as a consumer, you can say, yeah, I like that recommendation or I don't like that recommendation or I'd like to find vehicles like this car uh, near me. Um, or if this was a dealer promoted this, they'd look at the dealer's inventory and show that consumer cars that line up with that. Uh, and then they see those cars. Uh, get all the information about that, and they can say, yes, I'd like to get an offer on this car, or I'd like, I've got a question about this car, and it instantly then connects that consumer remotely um, from wherever we found them on the internet uh, to that local dealership team. Um, it's not a real-time thing where they have to be sitting there and managing that that call. The, the dealers actually push via text or email a link, and then that link, they can click on at any point and respond to that customer's question uh, in a, in a uh, much like an environment like this, where there's a back and forth dialogue, but it's a po the, the consumer posts, the dealer responds, et cetera. And we can even automate those posts, et cetera. But I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. The main point here is how do we get consumers engaged? Well, let's give them something fun for Valentine's. Uh, interesting stat, by the way, the average person owns their new car 8.4 years. The average marriage, uh, your new spouse, lasts eight years, right? Sure. Probably be putting more time in understanding what car you're going to own than who you're going to marry. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay? So, uh, so buying up for Valentine's, we're rolling out this quiz, and and uh, you can take answer those five quick questions to find out which car you're going to be married to for the next eight point four years. Okay? But you'll be driving away, <laughs> uh, you know, when when that unfortunate marriage. Uh, are the cars getting replaced right after the marriage ends? Is that why? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably being uh, liquidated in order to, you know, divide the assets, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the point here is that, 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 that this new quiz is based on real customer surveys, millions of them. The other thing I should say, too, is if the consumer does say, hey, I'm interested in this vehicle, we actually pass to the dealer on the back end, hey, 
here's what here's what all these surveys say about this car. These are the top five things consumers like about this car. These are the top uh, five things they don't like about these cars. So that when the when the dealership representative inter- interacts with that consumer, they took the quiz. They know where to focus uh, the conversation. And Ben, I'd love just because you're you're from both the retail you know, and, and the training side, I just love to get your initial, cause you haven't seen ask auto before. Have you? No, I have not. That's cool. Um, what's your initial response so far? I, I, every time I see something like this, very cool technology error. Thank you. Oh, that real quiet from Ben. I think hey, oh, I'm, here. Here. I'm here. Sorry. No, I like it. Cool, cool technology. And, uh, I, Every time I see something like this, it makes me wonder what what the heck does the poor salesman even do anymore, right? Well, oh, uh, he's going to be plenty busy. Well, we got about ten years. Well, that's true. But ten years from now, I think what we're going to see is my device is going to talk to the dealer's device. They're going to work out a deal, and they're going to ping both of us and say, "Please confirm, deal done." Right. Well, I think what's really going to happen is 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 you're going to get a notification on your phone that says. Um, you know, just like when you're buying airline tickets, it's like if you ever use, um, was it Hopper, right? And it'll say, mm-hmm. don't buy your ticket now. Wait, the prices are going to go down. Like we need the same thing with cars. Like you based off your equity, right? And your financial situation and whether you're getting divorced or getting married, all that stuff, you know, Apple should come to you or Google's going to come to you and say, now's not the time to buy a car. But when it is, it'll be this date and this is what you should buy. I've always wondered why isn't there a I'm a for I'm for sale button in your car like your, your car now is connected to the internet and just get right it, like the first signal sent should be to the local dealer that I'm thinking about trading this car and there's literally a button in my dash you know in my screen that I can push and say get me an offer on this car hmm. right? but it, and all the technologies there no one's put the no one's just written the code, right, to tie it together. Yeah. But, well, how come it's not built into OnStar already, right? I mean, right, exactly. Right. Forever. And the service history of the car sitting in it, all, all the data about the car, the mileage, all that stuff, right, there. is yeah. sitting in that car. Just, you're right. Yeah. Mm. Ed, I have a question for you. Yeah. If you got, if you got emails from, an, from Ask Auto, for people that were, had service questions related to Ford and Lincoln in your case, would you, would that interest you? And would you, you know, want to engage with those people asking questions? Probably. Uh, I'm intrigued with what Eric's showing tonight because it, uh, a lot of people don't know what they want and it kind of gives them some ideas of what they need to chase after. Um, and the same thing on the service side, they don't know what they need to do to their vehicle. So, uh, I'm intrigued a bit about what uh, what he's bringing to the table there. Well, and there's two things here that, you know, sort of when we first did our initial focus groups, we wanted to understand what would motivate consumers and um, what mo- motivates consumers is convenience. Just the guiding principle for every decision today. Why do you have a restaurant next door? Right? Uh, and why, why is Amazon exist? Why, why is Netflix exist? Why did Blockbuster take out the move? I mean, it's just why is the, why are we selling cars and not horses? Because cars are more convenient than horses, right? Yeah. And and we built an entire infrastructure to be, have a more convenient form of transportation. And guess what? That drone video you showed, it's going to get a lot of adoption because you're going to be able to go as a crow flies. And then so instead of getting 30 minutes to get there, it's going to be six minutes to get there. And people are going to go, I'm, I'm going to give up. I'm going to take a little more risk getting in this drone to cut 
you know, 80% of my travel time now, right? So the autonomous it, drones sound a lot safer than anything else. Convenient. And then the other thing we just saw as a broader trend is things are because things are getting more convenient, I have more choices. Right. I have more options and it's happening in cars. Now we're adding electrification and, and soon we're going to want to know who has the best autopilot. Right. And so so how am I as a consumer? And then all of a sudden, instead of being you know tied into dealers within 10 miles of me to the point about shipping, now I'm tied into dealers 100 miles around me. Well, how do I as a consumer find the right vehicle for me when I've got, you know, maybe, you know, a thousand dealers you know, yeah. I could be dealing with, and and the, and the combination of cars is another thousand. I'm looking at a million choices for myself. I need a machine to help me with that, right? I need some sort of process to narrow that down. I got a question for you, Eric, because I think that the 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 a person's need for guidance when they're making a decision, especially guidance from another human being, right? I think their need for that increases with the ticket price. Yes. What we've seen over time is that ticket price continues to raise. Yes. Right? So it used to be we had a salesman for the stereos and we had a salesman for the, the TVs and we had a salesperson for, you know, so cars are up here and houses are up here. And at what point I, it feels like cars are the next target. Right. Well, the thing is you got to look at that cost relevant to income as well. So cars have outpaced uh, income. Uh, you know, where most things in our life, like a refrigerator now is a fraction of what it used to be when you look at how many hours I have to work on the refrigerator. Now that's yeah. true with cars if you compare to 1910 to now. Mm-hmm. If you compare the last 10 years, that's not the same. Again, because of regulations, safety, all these other things, and, and all the convenience we want in the car. So how are we, how are we dealt with that? 70-month notes, you know, instead of 36 months, it's 72 months now, right? It's 0% financing, it's leasing. Uh, and so, uh, and so now I'm, it's a bigger risk for me, you know, to your point, man, I think you're exactly right. So I need more surety, uh, yeah. if, especially not committing to something for 72 months now instead of 36. Oh yeah. It's, it's, 80, that right, right? it's 84. That's more and more common. It's crazy. Yeah. The question is the, the question, the question that keeps me up at, at night is yeah. who's going to give that guidance. Who's going to give that assistance. And I really want to see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to see it be the person. And I want to be the one to teach the person to do that the right way. And yeah, I th- and that's a very good point because we have dealers on our platform. And it's interesting because to, to Ed's point too, and I think Ryan touched on it. Some of the postings we see from dealers, I just shake head and go, you know, like in the middle of the pandemic, in a, in a state that was locked down, I had dealers posting messages to consumers on our platform saying, when can you come into the dealership to see what we have available? Right. This is while the consumer has said, "Hey, I'm interested in this car." Just help them buy that car. You're already there. They've already right. told you what they want. They've already just given you their trading information. They just want help. Just yeah. help them. Don't manipulate them. You know? It's this. It's this weird thing, like Ed was saying earlier, where we're it's it's a legacy business, and we do what we've always done, and that gets us the results when we do our thing. But also, you know. To Ryan's point, the car dealerships figured it out before just about anybody else. I mean, we were open for business as usual, right? I mean, we figured out how to get this thing done because there's a lot of smart people and it's a pretty like limber, lean business. We're, we're willing to go with the tides and there's a lot of smart people making a lot of money. And I, I don't think, that, I mean, we're not going to give that up easily, right? No. So, no. so, but, but then you see, 
stupid things like that. I mean, just call it what it is. That's a stupid question to ask a customer, right? With, within right. that context. And so we got, we got to fix that. Right. So when, we can, when they're online, you can literally post the cars to them. I mean, like when we have that feature, we have the dealer's inventory and they can pick a car. We actually score the inventory. So they know what cars this consumer is most likely to have interest in. So they can literally click a button that says, recommend this vehicle. Yeah. And it would post immediately to the consumer. Instead, we're saying, could you get in your car, drive an hour into the dealership? And I promise you it's clean. You know, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's a tough thing, man. It's, uh, it's, yeah. There's so we need you, Ben. We need you, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'm, glad it, I'm glad it worked out that way because, uh, like I said, uh, Ben and I met just a few, couple of weeks ago on a webinar for Vehicle Acquisition Network who – connects dealers with private sellers to buy their car. Um, and they, and, and, uh, that's why Ben was on there to talk about that. So I thought it, this has just worked out great, Ben, that you could be here, uh, to, to get formally be introduced to Eric and ask auto. Thank you, Ryan. There you have it folks. Ask auto a shopper resource for finding the best car for you and your family. Communicate with dealers and list your vehicles for sale. You can also get a free market report all while protecting your privacy with Ask Auto's free shopper shield. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash Ask Auto. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash Ask Auto, O-T-T-O. This is Autoburst Media.